What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TanManBaseballFan.com. Uh, and kind of kick it old school here on a podcast by uh, walking around my neighborhood. I actually haven't done this in like months. Uh, normally, when you hear me talking, it's uh, generally speaking going to be in my office. But tonight, it's a little different. I'm trying to get a little more uh, exercise in and uh, kind of uh, go back to how things were in 2019. 2020 has been crazy. I don't want to really kind of belabor that much because we all know that 2020 has been crazy. I feel like I've just been, I don't know, like a zombie walking around <laughs> uh, this year. It's been kind of strange, but uh, anyway, so yeah, a lot of things have been going on in the in the Jones household. So about a week ago, our AC went out and this is in the midst of, mind you, uh, putting up a uh, new fence. So uh, it's been... Uh, Kind of challenging. We've been having to go back and forth with the home warranty company, and uh, it's really funny. Like, if you have a home warranty company, I uh, uh, or or even looking into, it, I highly recommend you look deeply into what they actually cover. Uh, <laughs> so, we uh, we received a quote for a uh, for an AC, and they were uh, kind of giving me the runaround for a long time. The uh, the home warranty company and. Uh, so, uh, basically for, for several days, my own account manager just kind of ignored me, which is not okay when you have a family in a house, then it's hot outside. Uh, now keep in mind, this is not up North. Okay. So like yesterday it was 93 degrees. So it's still hot. Thankfully we do have a couple, uh, high powered portable ACs. So it does help us, uh, in the rooms that we are in. But the rest of the house just feels, ugh, you know, it's not very comfortable and really funny. I mean, with as much as I love 19th century baseball and history and everything, I can't, I can't imagine how they how they lived without ACs back then. It's crazy. So each time I keep, uh, I start thinking about like how uh, uncomfortable it is. I think, you know, what, guess what? This the having any semblance of an AC whatsoever was. Uh, just not something that was uh, available to people uh, back then. So all these guys, uh, Ty Cobb, Lennis Wagner, King Kelly, Cat Pants, all these guys, they didn't, they, they were likely unable to enjoy uh, air conditioning. In fact, I don't think air conditioning was like standard in houses across America until like, I don't know, maybe the 60s or something. I got to check that. But anyway, uh, back to my little... AC home warranty company rant. Uh, they were giving me the runaround, and so uh, I spent hours trying to find the information that they quote unquote needed before they could approve anything. Uh, so I got it to them, and they said, Okay, we're going to cover $200. About fell out of my chair. <laughs> you kidding me? $200 for a uh, several thousand dollar uh, AC unit? That's ridiculous. So, anyways, I'm going to uh, uh, kick them to the curb. Uh, very soon, but uh, in any event, <laughs> one of the good things has been actually, I'll tell you what, there's been a lot of similarities to when I first got back into the hobby as, a, as an, old, an adult because I didn't have power thanks to Hurricane Reed, I think it was, and that kind of compelled me to bring out my uh, childhood Kinseiko collection. That's how, like, this whole thing, this whole lifestyle started, um, was like back in 2005, 2006, something like that. So, uh, <laughs> So I guess I, that's kind of my go-to, my escape 
if you will, from all of the uh, frustrations and you know stress of uh, of quote unquote real life. Uh, because believe me, I was pretty hot about the uh, about the AC home warranty situation. But in the end, eh, you know it'll it'll work itself out. We're uh, supposed to have an AC tomorrow. Can be have a little less money in our pocket, of course, <laughs> a lot less money. But uh, things get back to normal, hopefully, knock on wood. And uh, you know, but in the meantime, uh, it's really kind of afforded me a lot of time to to actually escape from this uh, maddening. Uh, quote-unquote adventure I've had with this home warranty company uh, and so anyways uh, a lot of what I've been thinking about several things I'm going to try to I'll just be honest with you it's going to be scattered brain probably so <laughs> uh, but anyways the one thing I was thinking about a lot was uh, just the difference between uh, organizing your collection and not organizing your collection now what do I mean by that by that uh, when I had my massive Kinsego collection uh, with everything, everything was perfectly cataloged. So uh, probably 10, 11, 12, three-row boxes starting from his 1983 uh, Frisk uh, Madison Muskies card all the way to, well, when I sold that, 2018 Tops triple threads probably or whatever it was uh alphabetical order uh so it would be uh, alphabetical order by make and then by year so uh a3 can say guys one card from a3 there's one card from a4 one card from a5 and of course i you know had, had uh, found a number of uh you know different types of cards from there as well and so they'd be alphabetized in, in by year there and uh then you get to a6 so you have the Donner's cards, then you have the Fleer cards, then you have the Star cards, and then you have the Tops cards. Probably I'm missing some, but you get the idea. So uh, go up to 91. Uh, it'd be Bowman, then uh, Classic, then Donner's, then Fleer, uh, you know, Score, Tops, Upper Deck. So. You can't get, get where I'm uh, going with this. So uh, the benefit was, uh, was I was able to quickly locate whatever card I wanted as quickly as I wanted. It was very fast. If I wanted to find a 97 collector's choice crash of the game, I knew exactly where it was. You know, just uh, uh, go to a certain box and flip through and within two seconds I could have whatever card I wanted in my hand. And uh, it was nice there. The problem was, is I felt like I was kind of building like a library, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, I guess, or an archive. Um, but in those archives, I noticed that I would have uh, the special cards filed away as well. So, for example, uh, I don't know why this has come to my mind, but uh, 1999 uh, EX, I think is what it is, where you have the credentials and then you have the essential credentials. Um, or maybe it's just essential credentials feature now, I guess, uh, those would be in the box also. So they were just kind of treated like all of the other cards, like the, an 88 Donner's card would be cataloged the same way as, uh, you know, 99 PMG. And, uh, the only difference would be is the PMG would be in one touch and the 88 Donner's would be in like a top loader. So 
it's kind of difficult to uh, really get your hands on a tremendous amount of really good cards to just really enjoy this rush of having 5, 10, 20, 50 cards that you go through where each and every single one of them is special. Unless you wanted to pull out all of those from your library and uh, have them on your, your desk or whatever and enjoy them. But then you always feel like, oh, now i got to put them back. <laughs> That's going to take 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. So that was kind of like a deterrent for me to do. So uh, <laughs> I always thought about possibly putting all my cards in a binder and then wondering, well, what do I do with special cards there? I can't have the special cards in a binder. What if they're too thick or this, that, or the other? So I didn't do binders really all that much either. Um, so I figured, you know, hey, look, my, uh, my setup is, is just fine. So that's what I did. I stuck with my uh, library archive system and it worked well. But again, I didn't have the ability to really fully appreciate a uh, run of cards. Like if I wanted to get, um, for instance, like a run of cards from uh, a certain year or something like that, uh, and I wanted to show them all together, I would have to pull them out from five, six, seven, eight different places, then photograph them, or, you know, because I love, love taking pictures of cards and doing so artfully and that sort of thing. And... Uh, you know, then put them back again, which might take 5, 10, 15 minutes. So, really big deterrent from really kind of fully enjoying the collection. So, one thing that's interesting now that I noticed, <laughs> I've got like probably, oh, I think about six two-row boxes. Well, let's see, four, maybe seven two-row boxes of cards. Now, keep in mind, none of these are base cards at all. I don't have really any plans at the moment to keep any base cards. These are all specialty, uh, you know, insert, paralleled, um, low numbered or one of one, hard to find, prototype, that, those types of cards. And there is exactly no organization to them. In fact, there's a lot of cards in there that I'm looking forward to, uh, not look, you know, I'm actually looking forward to trading. Uh, for some other cards I want. And, uh, you know, so we, uh, you know, there's some Facebook groups I'm, that I'm a part of that I'm able to take pictures of every day and post. And uh, I enjoy that. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll just pull out like a stack of cards and say, you know, which ones do I want to feature today? And uh, I'll pull out a stack of cards. I have no idea what they are. Like literally no idea. It's just a stack of cards that's completely uh, written them to me. And so I enjoy that uh, a lot. The uh, downside is, is if I see something that comes up online, I don't know, like, if, and I want it, I don't know if I have it or not. So I've got to quickly flip through eh, seven boxes worth of cards to see if I have something, if I really want it or not. Because uh, sometimes I'll have cards where I go, I think I have that one, I'm not really sure. Uh, particularly Pacific Parallels, if they're, because I don't want all of them, but if there's like some Pacific Parallel that I want, sometimes I might not really know that I actually do have it. And uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of, uh, kind of challenging when you're trying to, uh, you know, accumulate more. 
Now, for me personally, I am just enjoying the heck out of this. Like, because every day I've got my hands in these boxes, pulling out a stack and just enjoying them. And sometimes I'll have like some duplicates. And I don't really know how many duplicates I have of one thing or, uh, or if I have duplicates. So it's kind of fun to do that. And I did this, uh, um, let's see, what was this? Maybe it was Saturday. Uh, there's some, uh, like a couple of my favorite cards ever is a 1997 pinnacle, uh, I think it's like an artist proof and a museum collection. It looks like, uh, uh, goes to like, he's just swung. He's in a green Jersey and he's got this like, ah, this, you know, mad looking face on and everything. And, uh, they utilize this, uh, Dufex technology on these cards my gosh they're beautiful they probably these cards you know on open market they probably sell for yeah, 15 20 each or something uh they don't pop up too often but uh they're just beautiful like they're insane so I, I look through and i go i know i've got at least one let's see if i have any others so what i did was i had a blast going through all seven boxes just uh enjoying each one uh as I went, went, you know, started uh, shuffling through them. And I pulled out three of each uh, of these cards and uh, two other Dufex type cards from 98 that I really enjoyed and pulled them off to the side and go, wow, that's really neat. I've got uh, eight cards here uh, that are, that feature three different types of cards. So I was able to put them side by side, take pictures of them, different angles and, you know, just kind of do just be artful about it and uh it was fun it was truly fun and i don't know if i would have ever done that uh with my uh collection the other way i had it now number one i couldn't have because i didn't do doubles back then um if the card's special enough and it falls in my lap i will uh, <laughs> for now at least i'll keep it just to kind of enjoy taking a picture and and that kind of thing but Anyway, so uh, as you can see, both ways, there are some benefits and drawbacks. So the benefits of having an organized collection is you could very easily and quickly know exactly what you have at any given time. Now, of course, uh, keeping in mind, you don't have a website that's completely cataloging all the stuff. Uh, drawback is probably not going to be able to enjoy it as much. There's no mystery, really, so to speak. Um, so for having a disorganized collection, uh, the benefits would be, uh, <laughs> being surprised every time you pull out a, a pile of cards and going through them. It is really fun. As a matter of fact, uh, <laughs> what was it like? I want to say up to a month or so ago, just after I, uh, bought out these two consecutive super collectors, uh, I had, and by the way, if you didn't know about that, go to my website, uh, tanmanbaseballfan.com go to the blog and then uh, read the article on that I've got a bunch of pictures but uh, anyways I had piles of like really nice Canseco cards on my desk and throughout the work day I would just like stop and pick up a pile and go through them and just <laughs> it was so fun it was just a just a fun way to enjoy your collection it's not like because I know some people uh, that when they get cards in their collection, they actually go in safes 
and they don't see them anymore. They just put them up and or in their boxes or whatever and, and they uh, they decide not to uh, look at them ever again and uh, you know they don't know what they have either but that's because they don't look <laughs> so uh, I don't know to me personally that's not the way that I want to collect because uh, I really love looking through my cards all the time and uh, having a disorganized collection at your fingertips is a great way, in my opinion, of maximizing my enjoyment uh, to be able to go through it. Kind of, it promotes the idea of you actually getting your hands in them and uh, seeing what you have, and you know maybe uh, pulling some cards out from time to time and uh, putting them together for you know like if a certain card has the same picture that you utilize or something, or see if you have a run of certain parallels. Uh, actually did that recently as well which is really cool uh there's some uh in some of these uh 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 one of the super collections i bought there were a number of buybacks yeah to be honest with you i don't know guys like <laughs> I, I i'm not really as big a fan of buybacks anymore uh because i guess because of tops to you know putting them out like every single year they're not as like quote-unquote special uh anymore as they were but there is one particular run that i looked at and i didn't really care about all that much in fact uh every time i would go through the uh, boxes i would um skip through them because i just did not care about buybacks but there was a specific run that i looked at again i said well, wait a second let me take a look at this again I almost have a full run of the certain bike pack, and I'll tell you about it like later if I'm able, able to uh, complete it in the middle of possibly doing a deal with another collector to hopefully try and trade for the one that I'm missing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that'll work out, so wish me luck, guys. But um, anyways, it's a, it's a fantastic run. And it's funny because as I'm going through these cards, I'm finding a newer appreciation for certain cards I didn't really care about that much before. Um, and that's been kind of fun. And I want to say sometimes uh, I can look at cards as well uh, in New Light by thinking maybe I don't really like this one or uh, or that card or something like it as much as I really thought that I did. And so I don't know if that's the case though. I can't really honestly say that that's truly the case for uh, for me whenever it comes to whenever it comes to uh look through the cards and finding something that i just don't really like anymore but it does work the other way <laughs> it definitely works the other way uh for me so really excited and so the fun thing is is as i'm going through these cards this disorganized collection i have um, that i don't really a thousand percent know everything uh yet like off the you know tip of my tongue off the top of my head and uh i'm thinking you know, as I'm doing this, I'm starting to formulate more ideas in my head, like what kind of runs can I put together? Uh, do I want to try? If I do, do I know somebody that has this card? And if I do know somebody that has this card, then like, what would it take for me to uh, try to get it out of their hands? <laughs> and so uh, there's a handful of cards I know from a handful number of people that I know it's going to be very difficult to get. Um, it's going to have to be a trade it will not be a purchase because a lot of these guys they just don't want to sell 
understandable. I don't want to sell either. Um, but trading, if I can give them enough cards that they like in exchange, then they might uh, change their mind. So in one such deal I'm involved doing right now, there's actually two guys that I'm trying to do a deal with. One of them, one of the trades is contingent upon me getting another card from one guy and dealing it to the other. So it's interesting how that works. Um, and it very well could blow up in, uh, in my face. I might not be able to do it at all. And uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But uh, and like I said, I will keep you updated, especially if it actually works. Uh, because for me, uh, doing a deal like that actually really, really, really enhances the story and the meaning of every single card that comes in my collection. And uh, I'll tell you one, which is kind of fun here. Uh, and <laughs> by the way, these super, super collections I bought out, uh, I bought, this has been tremendous from a trading perspective. I've done more trades in the past few months than I ever have in my adult life. I mean, this is like reminiscent of uh, childhood trading. Like, we would do that like every day. <laughs> Pull out a paper bag of cards and meet at the corner and do some deals and that sort of thing. So, it's really fun. But there's one, and by the way, something else that's interesting is, uh, you know, one reason why I would never take back selling out the first time is it's added a fantastic journey and a number of uh, quote-unquote side missions in my, uh, in my hobby uh, to uh, try to get back, which has been great. It's been so fun. It's one thing to just find a card haphazardly on eBay and picking it up. It's quite another when you know where it is, you seek it out, you try to do a deal, it fails time after time after time after time. And then all of a sudden there's a glimmer of hope. And so you keep trying and it works out. And so this is what happened with me, for example, uh, with my uh, Gypsy Queen button card. I'm gonna tell you about this card real, real quick, guys. So first of all, uh, I, uh, I bought a 2016 Gypsy Queen button. It's the first one that was licensed as far as one of one goes, uh, but part of Kinseko I'd ever seen, that actually ever was was created, I think. And so uh, I was uh, the high bidder at an auction on Facebook, interestingly enough. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> done that since then because those cards don't really go up for in that fashion. Uh, but uh, I won it and the, uh, <laughs> the underbidder said, oh yeah, you sucker, I bid you up for no reason. Hope you enjoy wasting your money, loser, and all this. And <laughs> that card actually went for way, way, way less than I would have paid it, paid for it. And so I just kind of took it like a champ and, oh, okay, well, man, all right, yeah, that sucks for me, you know. <laughs> and I got it and was so happy. Now that card, uh, interestingly enough, uh, came to me with no, and let me tell you how much it was, it's $500. And I would have paid way more for it back then. Um, but uh, anyway, so this $500 card comes to me with no sleeve, no card holder whatsoever, nothing. And I could not believe it, but it came in undamaged, completely unharmed. 
I was just absolutely shocked. But, uh, and the thing is funny, is the seller, uh, he, he went to me and he goes, hey, you know, Tanner, listen, uh, I heard what that other underbidder guy said to you, uh, or, you know, about you being a loser and sucker, and he just bid you up and up and up. Um, I will uh, be more than happy uh, to uh, keep the card. And, uh, you know, that's okay. You don't have to pay the $500 for it. And I'm like, no, 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 I insist, I insist. Come to find out the reason why he was asking is because there's a guy that tried to buy it out from underneath me for $900. <laughs> so, uh, thankfully, the seller uh, was true to his word. And, uh, you know, he sent it to me. So, I did get it. Now, the interesting thing was, was I was actually in the middle of a deal in trading this card to somebody else. And I really, oh man, I was hurting because I was like, this is a special card. I don't want to let this go. And uh, the day that we were doing the deal, another Gypsy Queen button of Kinseikos came up. The one of one for the next year. And guys, let me tell you something. Like, I... You know, I understand. So everybody uh, can uh, views art differently. Uh, in my opinion, that new Gypsy Queen button that came out it was like 2017 was the most beautiful uh, button card I've ever seen in my life. The design was amazing. Like it was just incredible. Like tops knocked it out of the park. It was incredible. And my jaw dropped. I didn't think I was going to get it. Um, and I think, uh, if I remember correctly, don't quote me on this, because remember, this was years ago. I think he had it for 1500 rest offer. It's like, oh, man, that's too bad. I think I ended up getting it for 750 which was, uh, you know, I was super happy about. I was willing to pay way over that for the, uh, the previous button. So I got the card, and uh, that enabled me to be much more comfortable with trading the other Gypsy Queen button. So here I am, Tanner, in 2017 with his Kinseiko Super Collection with what he would consider to be the best button card of Kinseiko ever made. And by the way, I would still say that stands like easily. Um, I've never seen another one more beautiful. So uh, problem is, mid-2018, what do I do? I sell it, like most of my other cards. And uh, once that switch is flipped, the moment I started thinking, wow, maybe I could still collect Conseco, but not have to get everything, I mourned the loss of that button card. <laughs> and so thankfully, the, uh, the guy that got it from me is a friend of mine. That's a Conseco Super Collector as well. And so I go back and forth with him. His name's Curtis, by the way. Um, and so I go back and forth with Curtis. I'm like, hey, man, let me see if I can try trade something for that button. He's like, okay, but good luck, Tanner. <laughs> this, this card is one of my favorites here. There's no way I'd be able to uh, let it go. But good luck. Um, I go, okay. So I place an offer. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, he says no. Well, okay, okay. So I continue to uh, go forward 
uh, with other trade offers. Now this goes on guys for like on and off for maybe like a year, I want to say year, year and a half or something. And I'm thinking, okay, I think I got him. I, there's a super refractor here that I don't really care all that much about, which by the way, I love super refractors. Um, there's this other one of one here. There's another one of one that I don't like. I'm going to put together a package that he can't refuse. And I'm like giving up like all kinds of amazing cards. And one time after the other, after the other, even up until, uh, you know, a few months ago, he's like, nope, can't do it. I thought about it. And that's the funny thing, by the way, the way trades work sometimes is it's going to take a while before you hear back. So it's a, uh, hey, so-and-so, uh, let me see. Um, here's what I'm offering you. And they say, well, let me think about it. So you're sitting there for like, you know, a day, two days, a week, two weeks, wondering what's going on in the guy's head. Like, is Curtis really seriously considering this or is he not? Has he completely forgot about it? Was he, uh, did he shut it down right to begin with and didn't even think about it afterwards because it was something that's completely not interesting to him or what? And you're just uh, sitting here thinking about continually? I don't know. I don't know, but that's part of the fun of trading guys. Like it's the anticipation. And so, uh, I buy these super collections and I identify a handful of cards that, uh, I know that he liked a lot and one completed a rainbow of his one was a card out five that he, uh, probably would have never seen otherwise. Uh, there's super fractor in there. There was another, uh, um, button card that was unlicensed that was F2 that I didn't really care a whole lot about um, you know and there are a few other like one of ones that didn't really all that matter all that much so uh, now if you're sticking with me through this by the way uh, and if you're keeping score at home you, you just heard me rattle off a litany of like one of one super low number cards for a stinking button card a one of one so that to me uh, you know and should hopefully show you as well kind of like where I'm at in my collection career. Now, I place way, way, way more value on cards that would be considered the best or something. Uh, the, uh, the best of the best in their specific category than I do over meaningless one of one cards or low number cards. That is not to say that I gave Curtis a number of meaningless one-of-one -one cards or low number cards. They were absolutely meaningful and wonderful cards. But to me, I want to focus on like the cream of the crop, whereas he uh, is a super collector, a completionist. He wants everything. Uh, so, uh, you know, as you could probably uh, surmise by me uh, talking about this, he uh, agreed to the deal. And uh, I was super happy, so happy because this one button card that didn't really, it meant a lot to me to begin with. I won't, I won't lie about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie about anything, actually. That was a weird way to say it. But uh, anyways, <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, I always enjoyed it. But now that there's this story of this buildup for, was it like over a year and a half now, trying to get back a card, the, the feeling that it was absolutely impossible 
to get that card back. Not just the one of one, the one of one, the one of one button card that I wanted. I don't really care about the others. Will I like some other button cards in the future? Yeah, of course. That'd be fantastic. But this one is king of the hill as far as I'm concerned right now. Uh, I don't think it can get any more perfect. I don't know how uh, how it could have been any, any better. I think just Tops just, you know, slammed it out of the park. It was just amazing. So uh, I'm super happy with it. And uh, now it has this great story of this journey that it came not just from eBay. It came from eBay to me. It survived my super collection. It survived my super collection sellout uh, to another super collector. And I was able to make a deal uh, where I was able to get it back. And um, guys, like, that's just, uh, that's exciting. Like, you, you hear what I'm saying. There's all kinds of uh, different uh, motions that had to happen for this to get back in my collection. And so uh, that's kind of my challenge to you also is to look at the cards that you have and think of the ones that you might have a special story about that might be attached to a lot of travel. Maybe it has been a ping pong ball from the West Coast to the East Coast. It's gone from North to South back to your collection. Um, Maybe it was lost in the mail for a while and then you finally got it. I want you to think about that and measure how your level of excitement was when you got that back in your collection or when it came into your collection the first time. Uh, I want to tell you something like, <laughs> for better or for worse, uh, this hobby can have a lot more uh, emotional ties than most people think on the outside, especially nowadays. Because there are a lot of people out there that think, uh, oh no, the sky is falling. There's way too many uh, quote-unquote investors and speculators that are coming into the hobby. They're ruining everything. They're driving up prices only to get out very soon. And uh, and then everything's going to come crashing down. And oh, the hobby is going to die and all this. Well, you know, let me tell you something. The hobby's been around. It's been around for nearly a century and a half. And it's fine. You know, it's going to have its lulls. It's going to have its highs. We're enjoying a high right now. Uh, and to some people, this high is not good. <laughs> you know, and to many, uh, when it goes down into a lull again, it's not going to be good. It's all about uh, centering yourself and finding what you really enjoy most and focusing on that. Not necessarily how much money can I make off of this and, you know, it's, oh, I've got to invest on all of these uh PSA 10 graded rookies because that's where I think most of the money is going to be at. And if you can make money on this, more power to you. But I'm just saying, if you're focusing solely on the money, you're sorely missing out on a wonderful hobby that can bring you a lot of emotional gratification and satisfaction, enjoyment, and even peace if you look at it right. And so uh, that's one of the things that's really helped me through this uh, air conditioning monotony you know we have our house uh, at 75 degrees in some rooms and 95 in the in others and just been a weird thing there's always this like uh this there's always this loud hum or blow of like a portable ac or a box fan or something and you know it's just uh just not the most comfortable thing to uh, uh to be in but uh you know i'm thankful that i've got a good family and we have fun together and uh, we just all get along great and 
can have great conversation and everything. But when I'm uh, alone with my thoughts and thinking about like, you know, how this home warranty company might have screwed me over and, you know, how uh, I wish this would have happened this way and how I'm frustrated with the, uh, the account rep that uh, seemingly ignored me uh, until I got real firm with them and everything and uh, how I feel uh, uh, really taken advantage of. Uh, yeah, I slip into thinking about cards and, you know, to, to put a more spiritual uh, spin on this, I really... Uh, I spend a lot of time in prayer and this sort of thing also. So I, I, uh, I gain my peace from, from God and from praying, uh, through this. So I don't want to say that like, uh, you know, my religion is cardboard. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a hobby. It should stay in that uh, position in my life and yours as a hobby and not a religion or a way of life. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to, don't want to mislead anybody in thinking that you know baseball cards give me this uh this unspeakable peace and everything they don't you know that's my uh that's my faith in god that's my praying uh to him that's uh that's helped tons but but i will say this i sure do enjoy thinking about baseball cards and going through them and they do help (laughs) you know it's a it's a it's a great hobby to uh, to help relax yourself and to, uh, you know, think about all the possible trades that you might be able to do or, or runs that you might possibly put together and how that would look like. And, uh, you know, the cards that you're chasing, um, it's just so fun guys. Like <laughs> if you're stuck in this rut of trying to make money or whatever, you're going to burn yourself out. Uh, and it's just going to be a business. Find your enjoyment through this hobby. So that does it for tonight. Like I said, is just a, a random array of, you know, of uh, my scatterbrain uh, ideas and thoughts that have been going on over the last week or so. And so, um, I don't know, I hope you connect with at least some of what I'm saying. And uh, if not, you know, it's okay too. But if you do or have any other thoughts, you know, let me know. Love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to tweet me at TanManBBFan or Tanner Jones on Facebook. Uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I am your uh, friendly neighborhood meme king. If you like uh, to find like uh, wholesome memes, they're funny. Uh, I post those every day throughout the day. Um, if you don't see me posting them, then there's something wrong. <laughs> Check on me because uh, there's probably something wrong, like, like I said. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's, uh, it's fun to hear from other collectors. You can email me, tanmanbaseballfan at gmail.com. My website is tanmanbaseballfan.com, and uh, feel free to check out my customs on my website. Uh, also, my book, uh, Confessions of a Baseball Card Addict, uh, that's available on Amazon, or you can reach out to me personally for a signed copy. And uh, that's all I got for you guys. Thank you all. I hope you all have a fantastic uh, night, and hopefully a much cooler one than we have coming up.